Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. Music is an art form that involves organized sound and silence. Isn't that beautiful? Um, There is no pattern the human mind can devise that does not already exist within the bounds of nature. Everything we do, see, write, notate, all are an echo of the deep seams of the universe. How about this? Music is the invisible world made visible through sound. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Madcap. I'm David Ross. And I'm Daniel Bloom. The quote you just heard was by the novelist Kate Moss. Our guests today make music that serves as an ideal vehicle for a journey to the aforementioned deep seams of the universe. Talk, 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 is a four-piece instrumental group from New York who is steady on the grind and gaining devoted fans at every turn. They are a young band, and their passion for music, friendship, and human connection shines through in their attitudes and their latest album, Homunculus. We caught up with Talk ahead of their show at the 8x10 in Baltimore. This song is titled In the Basement of the Alamo. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is David Ross. I'm Daniel Bloom. This is Madcap. We are here with the band Talk. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Sup, Charlie, play the bass. My name is Matt, I play guitar. My name is Isaac, I play the drums. I'm AC, and I play keys. And you guys are from, well, most of you at least, are from the New York area, Long Island. I looked up, I was trying to figure out, is it talk, is it talk? And I'm like, wait a minute, this is Montauk you guys are talking about, yeah? Exactly, yeah. That's where, that's where the name came from. A little bit of research helps. It really, it really does, it really does. In, in life, this is a life lesson. It seems like an ordinary summer's day in the small holiday town of Montauk, Long Island. A group of friends take a walk along the shore. What is, what is that? Wow. My friend Rachel had a camera. I said, Rachel, let's take a picture of this thing. It looks crazy. The snapshots taken on the beach that day inspire people around the world to try and identify a creature that has become known as the Montauk Monster. You haven't seen these guys before? These guys are animals! <laughs> <laughs> The three of you guys started playing together in middle school, correct? Yeah. And uh, talent show, The Who, Jimi Hendrix. Cream. Cream, Matt was singing. Yeah, I sang Bobo O'Reilly. Yeah. I can't hit those notes anymore. Don't cry. Don't raise your eyes. It's only That was a long time ago. <laughs> Matt dropped into a puberty and we couldn't play those songs anymore. <laughs> my singing career. So. Is there still footage of this? There's footage of, uh, of some of the, one of the Hendrix songs. We played Voodoo Child, The Slight Return. 
I think I did a, a behind the back solo. <laughs> you did. Probably in the archives of our high school somewhere. <laughs> yeah. My mom has the video somewhere. I was gonna say the archives of somebody's mother. I know somebody's mom has that joint. <laughs> We also have videos from, uh, we, we went to band camp once. Oh no, oh, yeah. one time at band camp. <laughs> and one time at band camp, we weren't supposed to have pillow fights, but we had a pillow fight and it was so much fun. And, and this one time, we all lost our music and we were supposed to play this song, but we didn't know it. So we just made it up and we kept playing and playing and the conductor didn't know what we were doing and it was so funny. This is Hello Narwhal. But it was like rock and roll camp. What do we do? We did like a it's called the uh, Power Chord Academy oh at Xavier University in Chicago. What was the acceptance for this? I mean, did you have to? I guess you have to apply for this. Or like, I've never even heard of a rock and roll band camp. I don't know how long it lasted. <laughs> I don't, it didn't last that long. I mean, it's kind of like one of those summer things, like whoever has a band wants to learn how to be in a band, you know. They told us there's only like, you know, four ways to write a song. It's like bridge, chorus, you know, verse, or whatever. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it wasn't that great. That's only three. <laughs> we got some sweet video footage from it, for sure. I think we have a DVD. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. So it's uh, three of you went to school together and know each other forever. Isaac, how did you make your way into this band? Well, I knew Charlie maybe three years or so before I actually joined the band, and we were kicking it in boys for a minute. And then um, these guys sort of blew up the project, and I just sort of eased on in, <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> playing with a bunch of different musicians and different drummers and Isaac came out to a rehearsal. We'd actually played together before, yeah. but um, he just came out to where we rehearsed and we had just a jam session and I think it was pretty obvious from, from that time of listening back and just the experience itself that we were like, okay, let's do this together. Yeah, it was just a great vibe to come into, you know, being a, uh, a musician coming out of like playing different kinds of music like hip hop and other stuff. So. This was, I was definitely coming into a situation where I was going to be learning and I, and I wanted to do that. So, and these guys dynamic between each other is just, just so seamless, you know? So just to fit right in and to be welcomed in was a great moment. Yeah, it's cool that we were already friends. Yeah. We were like, we we're looking for drummers and like Isaac just came in, he was comfortable already. Yeah. And we felt that and it was like, it just it clicked right away for sure. Isaac, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Staten Island, actually. I was uh, born in Brooklyn, raised in Staten Island, went to school up until high school there, and then I went to the Drummers Collective in Manhattan. And then uh, me and Charlie met through a friend of a friend there.
did mention the group dynamic, and I've seen you guys before, and it really does seem like you're having a lot of fun on stage. Like, is that kind of an essential part of your dynamic and what makes this band work? You got to. I mean, you're in a van for seven hours. <laughs> you know, there's not too many people that you can spend every day with, like, you know, and be connected to. But, you know, we're happy to, to share what we have, you know, and to, to, to share our voice on stage. And, you know, like, these songs and the, what we do is just really, like, you know, we really mean, mean it, you know, we put our back and our heart into it. Not only do you gig, you know, all over the place, and you have an exhaustive touring schedule, but you have also played some cool festivals. You played Bonnaroo, you played Hangout, and there's still all this talk about your Dome Fest show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, that was a great experience. It's kind of um, uh, one of those things where, you know, all the stars kind of aligned, and we played a great. We had two sets. Um, originally, the first set was like a 2:30 set, and then we played a late night show. Um, I think it started at 4:30. In the morning, yeah. Jeremy from Pigeons called us and he said, uh, "Hey, you guys want to play our late night for us?" And we're like, "Sure, absolutely!" And we closed out the weekend. It was great. did you stay awake? I think me, me and AC were, everyone else took naps, I think, throughout the day. There were definitely naps being I taken. was napping so hard in the fire pit, it was no joke. Yeah. <laughs> we would, you know, you just got to stay awake somehow, whatever it takes. Whatever you got to eat to, you know, keep yourself going <laughs> is what you got to do. But then, you know, once you, once you get on stage, it's like, I think you kind of wake yourself up anyway. So it's, it's just exciting to be there, you know? And, and, and that festival was a lot of fun too because it's, you know, those smaller things, especially you have an experience like that where you're playing a set when the sun comes up, you know? And it's not like a huge festival. Everyone who's there is, is you know, they're together. So it's like you really make a good connection with the audience and you get to actually meet people and hang out with them. And so that, that helps out a lot. And it's a lot of fun. And that festival's in West Virginia, right? It was, it was supposed to be somewhere else and they had to change it the week before. Um, still worked out though. Yeah, it was in uh, Sunshine, Sunshine Daydream Park. On Jerry, on Jerry Garcia Way. Way, yeah. It was great. That's a good omen. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that performance kind of helped like build your guys' name in the South? Is yeah, that the like deal? Around, around here especially. I mean, Pigeon, the Pigeons guys are from around here. And, you know, just every time we come down here, there's someone like, Dome Fest. Yep. I was there. It was awesome. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of the South, how you all received knowing that not as many jam bands are as diverse? For me, it's like the, the South is just 
really welcomed us with open arms, especially just the live music tradition. And um, we definitely hear some, you know, in terms of our sound, it may be a little bit more northern, a little bit more angular. Um, but at the same time, it's like they really appreciate and welcome us with open arms. And when you're traveling, you know, six hours, seven hours, like whatever, from gig to gig, day to day, you know, when uh, you can come to a venue and play for the first time in front of people and, you know, they have a healthy respect for what you're doing, it means a lot. So big ups to the South. Do you, do you have any towns that really surprised you in terms of how, like, appreciative they were of your sound? Um, Boone. Boone. Yeah, Boone, yeah, North Carolina. Wilmington was a good time, North Carolina. North Carolina was good for us. Yeah, North Carolina in general is good. I mean, Asheville, people talk about it like out the ass, but I, I loved it. Asheville yeah. was really fun, too. Even, uh, even I mean, is Baltimore the South? I don't know where the South starts, technically. Mm, South South makes DC, it. right? South yeah. Boss. That DC was, is not the even, even Baltimore, the first time we played here at the 8x10, it was just like, we were just blown away by the, the energy in this room. Like, there's just something about, I think, just this room itself combined with the people here who just, you can tell they just feed off of live music. The yeah. first time we played here, we were like, whoa. Like, it was, it was great. All the, uh, I mean, the first show we played here was with uh, P Groove. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that was by far the standout show of the tour we did with them. And it was like, it was just a blast. You're listening to Madcap. And today our guests are Isaac, AC, Matt, and Charlie of the rising instrumental band, Talk. In addition to their two releases of original compositions, Pole Factors and Homunculus, the band is known to knock out some truly epic covers, including one from the classic Beatles album, Abbey Road. That song, I Want You, She's So Heavy, you guys murder that song live. That shit's kind of seductive. Like. <laughs> you are going to play that one tonight, right? <laughs> we got ladies coming tonight, bro. <laughs> and I, we've been playing with forever. When Isaac joined the band, we didn't do it, and then I was like, yeah, man, that's my favorite song. It's like We're my like, favorite oh, yeah? song on that and album. And then literally, it was like, Dad, that's, that was it. That's done. And we did that, that video with uh, Indaba, and we're almost like 35,000 views now. It's like, definitely, uh, definitely did well for us on that song. And when we do covers like that, people get what we're doing. We're doing all instrumental stuff, but the melody is definitely like what drives what we do. Yeah. I agree. I, I believe that uh, it also bridges the gap between sort of the old school and the new school, you know, because so, they can get a feel, like Charlie said, they can get a feel of what we do, but it's also appreciation of how we, we love the old school, you know, we love the old, like, funk and all the old classic rock stuff, so 
I feel like if we ever get into a crowd where it's just a bunch of older folks, they still appreciate the music because they see the appreciation that we have for it. are originally songs with vocals and sometimes you'll uh you'll listen to a song and you want to play it. like i love this song and then you go and you play the melody and it's like well you find out the melody sounds great but there's not a lot of movement to it or, or something like that but she's so heavy just playing that melody on guitar it, it sounds good without words it's, it's just a great melody that moves around and it's just fun to play too so it's kind of one of those songs that we've played it so much and I'm always like hesitant to play because I'm like, oh, we've played it a million times. And then we hit it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. Let's yeah. keep playing this song. <laughs> yeah, got it, we just gotta do it. Another cover that blew me away is you guys called this Immigrant Boogie Parade. This is Immigrant Song, Jungle Boogie, and Bulls on Parade, which is an amazing like time travel for you guys to be able to do that in one song. Like, how did that come about? off with immigrant song and we were just jamming on and then we started playing like every riffy rock song we possibly can think of like frankenstein <laughs> ghostbusters james bond james, james bond, bond was in there yeah james bond everything yeah we were just goofing it kind of just came down to we had to decide after jamming on it like which songs were gonna stay in the song because there was like 10 songs we're like we can't just do every song we can't just play every song that exists so we kind of had to narrow it down so 
Uh, I just wanted to get your take on the term jam band. Like, do you guys bristle at that term? Because, you know, you're writing your own music and you have compositions. I know different bands feel different ways about being labeled a jam band. And labels are tr- problematic anyway. But how do you feel about carrying that mantle? To me, jam band at this point is just like a scene. It's like, I can't, I don't know if you can call it a kind of music. I mean, there's bands that jam for sure, but... I've heard of plenty of bands that people call jam bands, and like I wouldn't think they're a jam band. Like Robert Randolph from Rodesky, Martin Wood, people call them jam bands sometimes. Like they're not jam bands. Exactly. Talk about like Medesky, Martin Wood, and then they're a jam band, and then Humphreys McGee is a jam band, and they're not at all the same thing. But you're gonna call it that, and it is what it is. Um, like Charlie said, it kind of is just a community or scene, and. And that's what's cool about it. I think a lot of bands that get that label, whether they like it or not, they're playing in front of people who love music. And that's kind of what comes with the territory. So if that's what comes with it, then that's cool with us. You know, it's like our music is kind of hard to describe anyway. So it's it's an easy thing to say. If that's what you want to say, call it a jam band, then you could call it a jam band. But there's a lot more to it than that. I think that just isn't like an umbrella of a term, you know. It's also really tied into uh, the festival scene. You know, live music is really, you know, where we make our living and make our livelihood. It's like what we're very, you know, invested in. And, um, you know, if being a jam band means that you're in the festival scene and you're with people who love your music, um, then I, I guess that's fine. You know, I don't, I don't think we're worried about being pigeonholed by, like, that term. What's the longest you've jammed in one setting? <laughs> At a show or in rehearsal? Because rehearsal. Oh my God, I don't even know, man. It was probably that um, immigrant boogie parade when we try to figure out how many songs we could play in, <laughs> in one <An> hour. <laughs> recorded? I'm, there's so many we don't even have recorded. We've definitely had times where we'll just go for 30 minutes it's at least without stopping. Sometimes that's good just when you have that time in rehearsal. Sometimes, you know, not the whole 30 minutes is going to be good, but you might land in some territory that you wouldn't have gotten to if you just hadn't kept going. You know, it's like you have that free time, and then when it comes to composing and coming up with stuff, it's, you might find that at the 25th minute or something, you land on a groove that's like awesome and you want to use that in a song. Can you differentiate the two? Like when you're really vibing out, is it like, do you know you're like, wait, so I gotta be off in 10 minutes? Or is, does somebody like tap you the leg or something like that? Or, or is it, you're just in the groove, you're like, let's just go. I mean, I just let the groove take me, you know? You gotta, gotta let the groove See, take you. Yeah. It depends on the set, too. You know, if we're, if we're playing a set live that's, you know, an hour and a half, or we have two sets, or we have a lot of time, then it's not really in your head, you know? You can kind of get into it. But if you get like a 45 minute set, there's something in the back of your mind sometimes. I think you hit a point, you're like, oh, shit, we might have to be off stage soon. So it's like, <laughs> someone's got to make the cue. So. <laughs>
Is that how producing your new material comes about? Like, like I'm trying to figure out, like, what is, what are your methods of collaboration? Is it kind of, we jam through it? Or does somebody have an idea they bring to the studio and you all work around it? Or is it just all of those elements? Yeah, it's a combination of both. I feel like, um, I mean, there are a lot of moments where the guys will come in with a specific idea of a song. And, and the thing is about it is the egos are out the door, which is awesome. And so you can bring something in, but if it's not exactly the way you wrote it and, and we're not performing it exactly the way the piece is written, then that's okay. Cause everybody puts their own little, ugh, for lack of a better term, on it, you know? And and it's cool because you could jam out and, and grab some tunes that way, or you can come in with a, a piece that's already written down and put the two together and sort of have a smorgasbord. Yeah. With Homunculus, it was like, we came in with a whole bunch of material that was like fully written out and then... Like half of it was just like songs we kind of worked on, like we weren't sure what exactly we were gonna do with them. And those songs, some of those songs ended up being our single, like Dead Signal. That if you if you heard the original Dead Signal, like it was like this epic, like six minute long, just fully composed thing. Yeah, we listened to it the other day. And, and like the the verse was in like a different time signature than it is now. Like, and we were just like we just ended up messing around with it, and it became you know I guess what is I guess the single. Yeah. Dead Signal, you call it like your single, kind of like the lead track or whatever. What I like so much about Dead Signal is it feels like it takes you on a journey. Like it starts in one place, it just moves you around and you almost, I'm not gonna go so far as to say it gives you an out-of-body experience necessarily, but like if you were really vibing at a live performance of that, I could definitely see that. You know, just close your eyes, let it take you somewhere. Take the right things, you might take you there, out-of-body. <laughs> Let's talk about acid, fellas. <laughs> Let's stop beating around the bush. No, literally not. Uh, <laughs> and stop. <laughs> Take these. This will melt you up, man. What is that, man? I'm just taking them, man. Oh. Hey, hey, don't take those, man. What? I almost gave you the wrong shit, man. Hey, man, I already took them, man. Hey, what do you mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> wow, man. Hey, what was that shit, man? You just ate the most acid I've ever seen anybody eat in my life. Hey man, I never had no acid before, man. He's hope you're not busy for about a month. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna die, man. That stuff's gonna make me die, oh, man. man. No, that's good acid. Hey man, I never had it before, man. That's gonna hey, make me hurts. die. Well, that's gonna make me freak out. Man. The guy who we worked with, the producer Robert Carranza, definitely pushed us in that direction. I think there's a lot to be said about going into the studio with 
you know, more of a vague idea. We had those songs that were, we played them live, we tested them and we knew how it was, but then there were these songs like Dead Signal, where it was like, we'd go in, we'd riff on it for a little bit and listen back and then kind of piece it together as we went along. And he really pushed us in that direction. And I don't think we would have done it that same way. And he was really good about helping us focus in on which parts worked and which parts should be put together. And the song was a completely different thing than what we went in with. And now it's one of our favorite songs to play. When we were in college, uh, um, we all went to separate colleges. We would still write for each other. So that's how, the way we had to do is we would write, literally write every part out in a music notation program, send it to each other. And then with like the three days we had off, like like home, we'd be like, all right, make sure you learn the song for when we get back. And then like, and then we'd work on the song. And that way you're doing things like, while it was good like exercise and we still use some of those methods, it wasn't like the only way to do it. So. Once we got into like some of this new stuff, it, we were able to branch out and just create stuff or, a little more organically and not have to just like you know write everything out. Yeah, and it's cool too because um, you know as a piano player, I got to think about well, you know, well, how do you play bass? I don't play bass. You know, like, <laughs> like how do you do drums? I'm writing out drum parts. You know, it's so stiff in the you know uh, music notation program, but you know, understanding you know how the bass player would approach it, understanding how the guitar player would approach it, or how drums keeps, you know, and, and what happens is that, you know, it, the songs don't really take their shape until everyone has their voice and everyone puts their two cents in. And then you can really realize, uh, you know, the, where you can take it, you know, uh, with the song. Yeah, you kind of learn the limitations after, after more writing and writing, people bring in more songs and it's like, I'll bring in a part for AC and I'm like, here, here's your part. And he'll be like, yeah, that's cool, but I can't physically play that on my <laughs> instrument. So we're going to have to change that a little bit. So you, you kind of figure that out as you go. And that's what's good about this band is, you know, we're, we're really good at taking a part that someone gives to you and being like, oh, that's cool, but I, I'm going to change it to this. And it's, you know, whatever works, whatever fits the song is, is what we go with. This is Madcap with David Ross and Daniel Bloom. And we're listening to our interview with the band Talk, conducted before their show in Baltimore at the 8x10. Talk is comprised of Matt on guitar, Charlie on bass, AC on the keys, and Isaac, bringing it all together on drums. This quartet has produced two releases of original music, 2012's Pole Factors and last year's Homunculus, a word that escapes the lexicon of most English speakers. Wouldn't you say so, David? (laughs) I'd agree. I concur. What in God's name does homunculus mean, guys? <laughs> I'm racking my brain on this. You, I'm just glad you said it right. Yeah, most people say it wrong. I was practicing in the car. Homunculus. 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 Literally, the hip. translation is uh, <laughs> called little little man. It means a lot of things. It's it has a lot to do with like human consciousness and how people perceive things. It's hard to make a description of it without sounding too pretentious. <laughs> the mind within the mind. The mind within the mind. So speak, yeah. You know, so say you know you're in a movie theater and you're watching it and you're like, you know, thinking about, well, what if I was in this? You know, you're obviously in person in the physical, like watching the movie, but then you know, there's that voice in your head who's like, all right, well, you put yourself in that person's shoes or you know, in that situation. And it's just kind of that duality between who uh, you know who you are as a person and I guess your your conscious. It's like, yeah, you go through the world and you take things in and it's your brain interpreting everything, but then what changes that interpretation into your own thing? It's like that extra step. So 
we just thought it was a cool concept that we were talking a lot about and it just seemed to fit what we do it's just a cool word it's fun to say to begin with you know which is kind of what decides a lot of things in this band and it's just and it's just you know it's it's a, it's a word that not everyone knows what it means and it's like that's great for instrumental music because it doesn't necessarily mean anything to begin with so a word that's kind of vague like that kind of fits our music yeah, I mean, if you just google it you can go it can go on for days like there's these characters that are like yeah, it's yeah. Like alchemist, alchemist references it goes it goes pretty deep this is curtain call from watching a uh, live footage of you all i noticed that each of you has your own different um orgasmic face when you're really in the vibe so i so so what i, I want to know is when you're really when you're really grooving i want to know is like a comparison picture a comparison chart like a, <laughs> I want to know be a good poster. You should. You should like one of those uh, Andy Warhol posters. I'm thinking I might take that new chick from Logistics. Things go well, I might be showing her my O face. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. When you close your eyes, what are you saying? Well, for me, when I'm into a really good groove, and I, I really don't like to admit this, but <laughs> I hum to myself so loudly. <laughs> I'm smiling, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like Negro hymn stuff. Isaac, Isaac kind of does this exactly. a lot. Anyway, we were, we were eating breakfast the other day, and Isaac's just sitting there, I think, humming in his own mind. And the waitress comes over to take his order, and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's like, what are you listening to? And he doesn't have headphones on, right? He's like, oh, nothing. It's just in my head. <laughs> No, I don't know if I'm thinking of any kind of specific visual. Maybe the girl with the, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Up front. Girl with the great personality. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> girl was really smart, really, very soulful. Ivy Leagues, Ivy Leagues. We're looking for Ivy Leagues. How about you, Matt? What do you see? What do I see? I, I like to, I definitely close my eyes a lot. I don't know. I think it's just, when I listen to music, when I play music, it just kind of helps me get into just to focus in a little bit more and just to get into it. But then I like to open my eyes too and just see the audience and see what everyone what, what everyone else is doing. So it's a combination of those two things. Yeah, I definitely close my eyes a lot. A lot like I'll sing my bass lines out or like mouth them out uh, sometimes. And I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like it changes the way I play when I do that. Just like, it, it, it's, it's an interesting just physical thing that you just like, just mouthing it out and makes a difference. I agree. I'm glad you feel that way. I agree with that. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I try, I mean, it's it's good to do that. I feel like I try to do that before I, I enter a fill or a song or a groove of a song, but I, sometimes I, I fuck it up. <laughs> Doubt is my favorite track really? on this album. Yes. And we uh, never play it.
it just struck me when I was uh, driving up here listening to, to the album. Really enjoyed it. It used to be called uh, Santorum's Picnic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. There's a double meaning there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we changed the name. It kind of fits the song, too. Oh, love it he actually just like lost or withdrew from like the, the race at the time yeah so it would have been perfect this is like this <laughs> soft like you know you could cry to this song <laughs> montage of Santorum band names or song names we'll bring them in and, and someone you know you have to call it something in rehearsal just so we know what song we're talking about we come up with these ridiculous names and then i don't know we get all self-conscious and then feel like we have to change the names so that we could say them to people and uh, i don't know there's a lot of song names were different when they came into the when they came into the mix what are your parents favorite tracks oh man i think my mom likes afrotonic the most that track a lot <laughs> you know to prescribe some afro tonic out there for the folks yeah. you know you should sell some afro tonic at shows we have good ideas for products afro tonic is one of them quick way for a lawsuit we were talking about starting to sell dirty mouthwash afro tonic we're trying to get in trouble here not an obama's america that's, that's all right afro that's like obamacare Obama. Obama. <laughs> I get a call from the FDA. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
What about The Chemist? That's another track I really dug. Oh, cool. That, that one was actually an orig- original song name. <laughs> that was actually another one of those ones like Dead Signal, though, where it was kind of pieced together in the studio. Um, that one's fun to play. I really like that one. So even though you guys are an instrumental band, Afrotonic almost has like, uh, oh no, it was the chemist I was thinking of, which are related, chemist mixing up some Afrotonic. The, the chemist almost sound like it could be good for a lyricist. You know what rapper I would love to hear on the chemist? Rock him. Mm. It's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you. Without a strong rhyme to step to. Think of how many weak shows you slept through. Time's up, I'm sorry I kept you Thinking of this, you keep repeating your miss The rhyme from the microphone solo with So you sit by the radio, hand on the dial soon As you hear it, pump up the volume Dance with the speaker till you hear it blow Then plug in a headphone, cause here it go It's a full and a word when it's heard to control Your body to dance So... And then I sink into the paper Like I was ink When I'm writing I'm trapped in between the line I escape When I finish the rhyme I got soul 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 We actually did it with an MC. At, uh, we did a residency at this place, Spike Hill in Brooklyn, over the summer. And that was a song we had a, a couple friends come up to sing like a, a chorus and then to rap over some of the verses. Yeah, we took it into, uh, we took it into uh, what, Bag Lady? And then we did... Uh, Man, oh, Explosive? Yeah, and then, yes, yeah, 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 yes, that's exactly what we yes. did. So he rapped oh over the Explosive part, and then we had uh, a, a friend of ours, Hannah, who came and sang the hook for Bag Lady, like the Badu part. And went right back into canvas. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I mean, for us being an instrumental band, we've created this identity for ourselves. That you know, we're, we can always keep that identity. We can bring singers and rappers, other instrumentalists in, and still maintain that. Whereas, like when we did have a singer way long ago, it was it's, it wasn't quite like that. So it's like a freedom that we can write any kind of music we want, anything that we can physically play, I guess and it makes sense, but then we can bring in people like that and it also makes sense. That was The Chemist by today's guests, the four-piece instrumental band, Talk. This tune, Sunshine Harry, is the first song they've put out since the release of Homunculus, the album from April of last year. That was actually a song that we had recorded for Homunculus, so we recorded it in the same sessions. Um, we have a couple leftover tracks from that whole that whole process, and that was one we were really, when kind of narrowing down the tracks that were going to make the album, that one was definitely really close to, to making the cut. Um, so it was kind of a tough decision. So we have some songs that we've been wanting to get yeah, out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was between the two of those songs, actually. 
And then um, Halloween was rolling around. We just thought that it had this vibe to it that would work for that time of year. So we thought that was a good time to put that song out. This song is titled Carpentino's Rebirth. wanted to give you guys a chance if there's any track that we haven't mentioned yet that you all are particularly fond of like playing live from the album you know because we always lace these interviews with tons of music we play carpentinos like pretty much every yeah, show that's like my favorite song my favorite talk song period over that one too even yeah. unwantedly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah sure oh wow yeah I remember some of those So um, recently, it kind of just started to feel better and better recently, the spot.
Does that refer to a place? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does that refer to a part of a part of someone's anatomy, perhaps? Oh well. <laughs> It's interpretive, however you want to interpret oh, oh, the song. We can... oh, wow. <laughs> I never thought about it like that before. Right, we do lace these with a lot of songs. What is a track you all have to agree on this? What is a track that is not yours that you would like to have in this piece? It could be anything. Just a, a random song that's yeah, not yeah, ours. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, y'all gotta agree though. Like our favorite, one of our favorite songs. Yeah. I am the general. I am the general. Nobody. I am the general by whom? By nobody. Band nobody. You guys gotta check those check those guys out. Fantastic players. Really do great stuff. I think it's a quintet. Like a trumpet, sax, bass, drums, and keys. You guys are working really hard. Like you're recording a lot of great music. You're playing all over the place. You have your fan base. I went to see you for the first time. And this dude was so jacked up. He's like, "You haven't seen these guys before? These guys are animals." <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. A lot. I liked a lot. I want to know what keeps you guys motivated to work so hard. Like, is it stuff like that, man? Is it, you know, people who, who are that excited to come see the show? It's exactly that sort of thing, you know? We love doing this, and when you get in front of a good crowd and it's growing and there's more and more people coming, and 
they just keep us energized, you know? Like AC was saying before, we spend all this time in the van and then you get to the venue, you might be a little tired or whatever and you get on stage and people are excited to be there. It just wakes you up and that's that's why we do it. Yeah, and there's always like those there's those couple shows, like those moments where you're like, Holy shit, that was so much fucking fun. Like you just like you're high. You like you, you didn't even take anything. You're just like shaking. <laughs> just shaking. It's awesome. Yeah. I think I think the best compliment I've ever gotten getting off stage was like, dude, fuck you, man. <laughs> And that's that that that's the kind of thing you live for. <laughs> that's the kind of thing you live for. It's like, uh, uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's thanks. a fan after your heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, it's it's uh it's great to to be doing what we're doing, and uh, not a lot of people get to be in a band one, like past eighteen, you know, uh, and then also tour with, not to be all like you know happy-go-lucky but I mean we're, we're friends and these are like you know some of my greatest friends and it's, it's awesome and it's truly a blessing to be in that situation where we're able to create and you know you see people you can move like a whole building of people that you you've never met you know whether they're tapping their feet or headbanging or whatever or whatever floats their boat and it's a really amazing surreal experience and that's something that you know I feel like words fall short you know to, to describe beautiful Can't thank you guys enough. Yes. Congratulations. Keep on moving. You guys are fantastic. You guys are fantastic. This Stop it. You guys are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It was all y'all. It was all y'all. It was all y'all. David, make sure you get that. Make sure you get that. <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck you too. Zamunda. <laughs> Behold, Simi. Life. Real life. A thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, fuck you! Yes! Yes! Fuck you too! Talk is comprised of Matt Jalbert on guitar, Isaac Teal on drums, Charlie Dolan on bass and Ulrich Carter on keys. He goes by AC. Their latest release is titled... Because he's cool. <laughs> their latest release is titled Homunculus. Nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> Special thanks to the guys of Talk. To Becky Som at Big Picture Media for setting up this interview. To Barbara Barnett, our opening reader. And to the 8x10 in Baltimore for hosting this conversation. Also, big shouts to Pub Dog in Baltimore, where we had a whale of a good time before the show. <laughs> what does a whale of a good time mean? You'll have to find out. <laughs> a willy of a good time. <laughs> Talk is currently on tour. As usual. And the Madcap family will be in attendance at the Metropolitan in Annapolis, Maryland on March 1st. So get your tickets and roll through. Talk will also be extremely busy during festival season, with dates already booked at Some Kind of Jam 9 in Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania, a triumphant return to Dome Fest at Sunshine Daydream Park, Blossom's Blooming Festival and Mad Tea Party Jam, both in Hedgesville, West Virginia, and at Floyd Fest in Floyd, Virginia. The Tea Party one, what is that? We should go to that. <laughs> Mad Tea Party Jam? Mad, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Mad Cat Tea Party Jam. Hey, that sounds great. Yeah. You can see their full touring schedule at talkband.com. I'm going to spell that out. Talk is spelled T-A-U-K, band, 
Facebook.com. You can find Talk on social media and SoundCloud. And for a link to all their pages, visit madcapdc.org. This is a journey into sound. And now, as a special treat to round out this program, our good friend and a man for all seasons, Angus Sutherland, delivers the latest in our series, A Scotsman Reads. Thanks for listening to Madcap. We love you. This is, I'm told, Paid in Full by Rakim and Eric B. Did I get that right? Thinking of a master plan, cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. So I dig into my pocket, all my money is spent. So I dig deeper, but still coming up with lint. So I start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money, I used to be a stick up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up, this is a hold up, ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling, be still, don't nothing move but the money. But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous. I feel great so maybe I might just search for a nine to five if I strive then maybe I'll stay alive. So I walk up the street whistling this, feeling out of place cause man do I miss. A pen and a paper, a stereo, a tape of me and Eric B and a nice big plate of fish which is my favourite dish. But without no money it's still a wish. Cause I don't like to dream about getting paid So I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made So now to test to see if I got pool Hit the studio Cause I'm paid in full <laughs> Thank you very much Pump up the volume Pump up the volume Madcap 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 is recorded in Washington, D.C. Please, uh, would you mind saying that again? The space that I write these words down in is the space after the music has left. It's that silence in the concert hall after the last note of the piano has been struck and held and the whispers of that note hush down to nothing, to the emotions left by the music, by the memory of sound, sound, sound. madcapdc.org, on Facebook and Twitter at MadcapDC.